Welcome to the Rest, Eat, Move podcast by On Target Living. Hey gang, I want you to stick around at the end of the podcast to hear an excerpt from my brand new book, Rest, Eat, Move. Well, welcome back to the Rest, Eat, Move podcast. I've taken a, I was on a little hiatus. I don't know the last time I've been on one, but this is Matt Johnson, uh, joined by my father, Chris Johnson. And today we're going to talk about his new book, Rest, Eat, Move. And we were kind of joking by the new year, I think everyone will know kind of what we do. Our podcast is Rest, Eat, Move. New books, Rest, Eat, Move. It's all over our website, but um, I know you're super proud of this, super excited about it. We are. And uh, we just wanted to, to chat through the, the book, the writing process, what were, what were your thoughts, and uh, give the listeners a little inside scoop. So congrats on your new book. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's kind of, you know, as you know, it turns into a love affair. It's been two years. I started before COVID. And one of the things we always, we're always trying to figure out is how do you get people interested in, and without getting into wellness, and we th- kept thinking, well, why don't we call it what it is, which is Rusty Move. And so that's really how the name came about. And then we'd talk a lot about people when they when they feel their best, they are their best. But as we know, we're just the guide, you're the hero. And so people, we want to create this guidebook that allows people to have the power to feel their best. So that's what it is. It's a guidebook that's 364 pages long. I started out thinking it was going to be 100 pages, and it just, I kind of want to put it all there. And the other thing we, as you know, we we debated back and forth whether we want to get it published or self-published, and we wanted to go the route where we could make it color and graphs and kind of do whatever we wanted to do in the book to make it come alive, and so we self-published it. Well, as I'm holding the book in my hands, I think the, the coolest part about this book is we could do some things we couldn't always do with a published book and it's heavy and it's heavy because it's got color, which are the paper's a little different and different ink. So yeah, this is a, this is a big book. Do you think, I mean, do you think you would have written a book like this um, without COVID? Uh, probably not. And so, you know, being on the road all the time, it really, it, it again, it, as you know, cause you do it the same thing. It's, it allows you to, I had some designated time to actually write. So this summer, um, I would write three or four days in a row for five or six hours at a time and take breaks in between. But yeah, it gave me the time to to really think about it. And well, I remember your last book. I remember we were in Vegas together and you had a deadline by the publisher and you're kind of one eye open on the plane doing some editing and you do the best you can, but a book requires a lot of focus. If you're, if again, if you're going to go into the weeds and well thought out and structure, and yeah, this book definitely hit that mark. So let's let's talk about the book. Um, Thirty four chapters, seven sections. Again, it started with let's try to do a hundred pages or less, and now it's a behemoth. But um, what what can people expect out of this book? Well, as you know, writing the book, the hardest part is beginning. And I kept thinking about when I sit down with a client or we speak to a large group or we bring groups in for training, we always have to go where your health begins in the mind. And so I kept thinking, like, I got to talk a lot about behavior. It's not about just the X's and O's. Never is. Never is. So how do you get people to be interested in the greatest asset. And so I really kind of kept going back and forth and saying, okay, I got to start out 
got to talk about self-awareness and behavior change and motivation right at the very beginning. So that's really where it begins because your health truly begins in the mind. And then we get into the X's and O's throughout the book. But it kind of ends with, again, going back to the motivation and all the stuff. And the last section is called uh, Happiness is in the Pursuit. Because the longer I've been doing this, which is a long time, a lot, a lot of years, a lot of years, it really is. It's not about climbing the mountain and putting the the flag in the top of the mountain. It's it's the climb, and then during the climb, some of the funnest things I've ever done in my life at the time were really challenging. And so when the clouds move in, it starts to rain. You don't have to run from the rain. You just embrace it. So that's really what the last section is all about. But that's how it began. It began with the motivation, the behavior change, and then it ended kind of going in the, the same path. I've heard a lot of people ask this. It's a it's a natural question to ask you. This is your fifth book that you've written and, and or co-authored. Um, what's new in the book? And before you answer that, let me just say what I think uh, answers that. There's a lot of not new in the book, but it wrote. it took you two years to write this book. And that's kind of been my answer is, well, I don't know, you'll have to see, but for something to take two years during COVID where you had more time, this is a, this is kind of a life's workbook. Absolutely. So it's not just, uh, you didn't take the last book and slap a new cover on it. There's, there, there's obviously some repetition. So, you know, what do you think of that? There's a couple of things I know, cause we kind of do this every single day, but What's your thought when someone asks, what's new in the book? Is this a new book? Oh, yeah, it's completely a new book. Um, and your mom said the same thing. Like she was looking at some of the stuff that we, you've you've talked about that before. You're right. <laughs> I keep talking about it because it's not broke. It's really what people need to know. And so really this book's about going into the weeds a little deeper with lots of different things. Like before we talk about stress but most people don't really truly understand stress if the nervous system's out of balance you're not going to have good digestive health so i really kind of set it up that way where i wanted to go into the weeds in each of those rest eat move categories so when we think about rest for a second that i talk a lot about breathing never really talked that much about it or how do people get a better night's sleep and then we kind of end with space and so we've never really talked, we talk about it, but we've never, what does that mean to people? Because And how to do it. And how to do it. So again, I only help It's not you. what you know, it's not what you heard, it's, okay, well, let's get a little more punch behind it. Yeah, so it's, again, back to here it is, but really understand it. Like, people don't really truly understand gut health. So I go and I go into the, the weeds about that a little bit. Now, if people don't want to do that, I have a summary at the end of each chapter but and you know when we think about the 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 movement piece, I was so excited to write the movement piece, telling stories when I was in graduate school and exercise fizz and you know people don't and, really. Understand. I mean, the exciting part about the movement piece, you have a bunch of pictures. You know, you know, I like pictures. Well, we had a question last night in one of our webinars about as you get older, you know, I would have never put restorative movements in that movement piece when I was thirty five or forty because I don't do need it. that. Yeah, but now that I'm sixty four. The big part of me moving well, I want to keep moving well as well as I can as I age. I have to have restorative. So there's a lot of new stuff in there. And then I never talked about support systems before. I never talked about, you know, really that much about motivation. 
and I tell stories about it. And you've heard many of these stories before, but now I put them in the book. Yeah. So if the listeners are haven't read any books before, you know, you have Meal Patterning, your first book. Obviously, that's a lot about nutrition. Talked about exercise. Talked about stress. Mentioned sleep. Um, kind of retooled that. Called it on target living nutrition. Again, same thing, a little deeper. The rest started to come into play in, in the On Target Living book uh, that was published in 2013. But again, my take, and I've read and edited and gone through a lot of it, um, but and I do it and I teach it, but I think one of the things that I'm excited about is it's not necessarily always about new, it's about how you say it. So the foundations haven't changed. They haven't changed in a long time. There's some tactics there's some nutrients. There's some better ways, more efficient ways, some mistakes you're talking about. But it's how you say it. It's the order. It's the sequence. One of the things I'm most excited about when people talk about rest, eat, move, they tend to call it eat, rest, move, or eat, eat move, rest. They always want to lead with eat. And there's a reason. Tell the listeners why rest is number one, why it's the, the top word. It's not just luck. Why do we put it there? Well, one of the things we talk about hierarchy of human needs, and it always begins with breathing, followed by sleeping. And so if your nervous system, again, what we're seeing right now today with mental health and anxiety, the nervous system is out of balance. Is there a problem? I didn't know there was a problem. with. <laughs> if the nervous system is out of balance, you can talk about eating all day long, but you're not going to have good digestive health, in which leads into a, uh, a poor immune system. So there is a methodology, like you were saying earlier, I really, where it took me time to write the book is the sequence right. and the guidance. And so I wanted to say, okay, if a person didn't know anything or was pretty advanced, I want to have it kind of like a guide that everybody can go at their own pace and they can look at it and they come back to it. But it's a tool they can have the rest of their life. And really, that's kind of why I wrote the book. I kept thinking, okay, if this is going to be my last major book, you know, hopefully it's not. It won't, it won't be, but it could be. But you know, it could be. I yeah. could have a smaller. But I want to have a thing where, number one, I was proud of it. We have, you know, Stephen and Lauren um, and, and and Cindy and Bonnie and, you know, your mom. And we had a lot of people helping the color and the design and graphics. This wasn't easy. No, it took a lot of. <laughs> we could have, uh, just to give the listeners a little perspective, easily could have gone the same direction, sent a manuscript to a publisher. It's going to be in black and white very lame images and and graphics you know nothing nothing above and beyond uh could have hard covered it all that kind of stuff but um a lot of work a lot of a lot yeah. of decisions were made in this book to say okay how can we help the reader because it's hard to read a book isn't it oh and so you and i talk about this before we even got on this podcast but you want to you want to try to create something that people get excited to look at and you can come back and you can, I mean, I think a lot of people that are not so much engaged in health and wellness and fitness and whatever it is, this might wake them up a little bit. You know, why not? Why not take a couple of these small steps? And oh, by the way, it's mapped out pretty good and without overwhelming people because there's a lot in there. Yeah, and there's stuff to fill in. You're, I, I'm talking to you. And it's, you know, the one thing that I, I think this book was written in a way, it's kind of like a you say it in the beginning, it's a resource guide. So let's just say, eh, I'm not quite that interested right now in sleep. I'm doing all right with it. You, you literally can thumb to the next section. It's in color. You can see where you left off. 
Or you can say, I need to go back and read that section. I'm stressed all of a sudden, or mm, I, I'm noticing gut health. It's it's designed to kind of thumb through, read it cover to cover, go back, read a section. It's not one of these things where you read it once and never pick it up again. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, like you said, there's questions in there. So I'm actually like, I'm sitting down and asking you questions. And I kept thinking about some of my clients back in the day, and we still do this today. I still do a lot of consulting. Um, I wanted to engage them. I want them to get in because I'm just the guide. So imagine going on a trip. Um, they're, I'm the guide. You're the guide. We're, we're, they're the hero. We need to really help them understand how to. And, and again, get in the mind because if the mind is not where you want it to be, how do you change that? And it's important for us to change anything. And, and again, maybe you're reading the book because you're interested. Maybe you're reading the book because you're looking for a different outcome. It's important that we answer some questions. You can not just read it, not just learn about it, but say, how is my sleep? Maybe I, ne- maybe I never even thought about it put on paper. And I think that was a, a, a nice touch in the book. Well, we get a lot, as you know, we get a lot of emails and calls and whatever, and we want to be very accessible. And sometimes I get frustrated with like, I just want to give them something. I want you to look at this, take some time. You know, like Tab says, I don't want to have to work any harder than you. But at the same time, <laughs> if you can take a little of a stillness, because a lot of people we work with do not have a still mind. They don't know how to get their mind still or calm. Well, you and just so tell them to read teal. chapter 32 and they'll fall asleep right away. <laughs> so I told them. I said, <laughs> so it's relatively simple. But yeah, there's a lot of fun things in there. Um, we're doing the audiobook right now. It will come out uh, relatively soon. And I'm reading it. And I think that's a different way to absorb the content way to absorb the content. But when I'm reading it, I'm trying to kind of go back in time. What was I thinking when I wrote that? Mm-hmm. And I want to try to have that same kind of tone um, because there is some funny stories in there. But at the same time, uh, there's some really deep content, important stuff. And, I, and I, I also say in there, hey, if this is a little bit too deep, just jump to the end of the chapter because not everybody cares about heart rate variability or, you know, stroke volume or all the stuff that people don't quite understand. You know, we talk about dieting and... And know, the truth is we could go deeper. You could go, oh, for sure. And and I think I think it's a it's a balancing act. It's, it's setting it up. What's the problem? Why? What should you think about? What could you do? Here's what we're going to take away from. And I think, as you know, speaking, like I'll hear other health professionals say, well, I already know that. Well, it's not what you know, as you, what you said earlier, but it's the sequence. It's the engagement. That's really the, I think, where the the artistry comes from. And so that's really, and I looked at the colors. I mean, when we had, you know, Cindy and Lauren help with the colors and the graphics. Yeah, it's beautiful. They're beautiful. And so I'm reading it. I was looking at it last night and I'm like, that's interesting. And, you know, sometimes we're the, our worst critics but at the same time, I'm really... What was, what was your favorite section to write? You can't say all of it. Well, I think the last section was my favorite because... And that's happiness is in the pursuit. Happiness, happiness is in the pursuit. Sometimes overlooked part of change. So I really wanted to go, okay, how do I end this book? Because we talk about blood work. We got into body care, health keeps score, and all this different stuff. Movement, eating, resting, behavior change at the beginning. But how do I end it? And I really kept thinking about some of the most challenging things I've had in my life were the best. And when we get uncomfortable, 
that's when we grow. So I don't want people to run from the rain or the clouds or whatever. I told a story, not in the book, but recently your mom and I went on a hike, you know, around Douglas Lake and we got lost <laughs> and it started a, your fault. It was my fault. We got lost on this hike and then it started a thunder and rain and we both felt the same way when we were done like wow was that exhilarating that was really fun yeah when you're forced to be out there and, and you have no other options you realize well it's not that big a deal <laughs> yeah and she was you know i, I was kind of nervous I, you know and it's, i wasn't nervous that we weren't going to get out or anything but i was just kind of felt bad that you know she was out there a lot the longer rain and she was really proud of herself and i think she was very excited about the experience and she probably will you know she lived to tell another day but i think that's what ends the book it's all about that and then you have i really hit this and you kind of talk about this a lot but help people understand that they have the power nobody else nobody can take care of your health but you but you have the power to take a couple small steps at a time and build this momentum and that's kind of how i ended the book well it's it's hard to always be told you know some of the worst most challenging or stressful or global pandemic situations can lead to some positive or actually potentially being some pivotal moments you know i i always think about a pro program i went through called dale carnegie and a lot of people are familiar with it it's well established i think almost on 100 years but it wasn't that enjoyable to have the rigorous schedule and you got to go to these 12 classes for four hours and it's another day and you look back, you say it's the best thing I've ever done. During it, not that fun, not that enjoyable. Same thing with any process. You know, I have this lingering hamstring issue. Um, I kind of know what I need to do, but do I always do it? No, it's not. The, it's not that enjoyable to have your hamstring kind of mm -hmm. peeled back and dug at to, to release it. So uh, we have, I think we got to do a better job of that as a society because everything's so instant. It's so quick. I can get a pair of shoes delivered to my house tomorrow. Uh, if I don't like that workout program, I swipe to the next one. Um, but the pursuit is all we got. And, and I think that's a, you know, that's as I've thumbed through it, that was a very, uniquely different part of a book that um you know you we haven't shared we share it with our clients and, yeah, and i and i also talk about married to the process you know i look back in bodybuilding and it's like if i didn't know the process worked i would be abandoning ships see and so when people get married to the process and start building a process they enjoy now then they start seeing some huge momentum and some amazing transformation because it takes time it takes time um, what was the least favorite, most challenging part of the book? The least favorite, most challenging was the beginning of the book. I almost kind of like, I'm going to, and I did, I came back and I wrote the beginning after at the end. Finished. Yeah. So I really was struggling. That's how was, we were with capacity too. Yeah, I was stuck. And so I was getting really frustrated with this whole process. I'm like, how am I stuck? So I thought, you know what, let's just go. Let's just start writing. And I think that's the recommendation I tell everybody is like, do not wait till the sun's shining and the birds are chirping. Just get going. Yeah. And so Al Arns was one of my mentors way back in the day. And he always would just pound on me and like, just get doing it. Do it. You'll figure it out as you go. So that was the hardest part was the beginning. Well, I think, I mean, capacity was that way. That was our book we wrote together. Um, 
the publisher, the editor, the the coach we had said, you know, this first chapter is lousy. Right. But you didn't. We had a deadline, so we just kept plowing through. And you go back and you say, oh, this makes a lot more sense. And you know, a lot of people say you probably knew what you wanted to write. Well, not really. You know what you know what the methodology is. You do it every day. You've been doing it for a long time, but you don't know how to say it until you start. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point is that you start out with a vision, but as you give it time, that's why I think I'm so excited about the book because it took so much time. That you wouldn't have had any other time in the world. And I I had different thoughts would come into my mind. If If I didn't have that time, I wouldn't have. It just evolved. So well, you can't fake it. You can't just, I mean, writing writing anything or being deliberate requires a little bit space on the front end and the back end. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they were talking about artists. And sometimes the artists need a lot of time. And, and if they're trying to just pump out different, you know, paintings or whatever quickly, It's okay, but it's never their greatest work. And so it's always based on time. You need that time. We all need that time to, and again, it's not like it's idle time. I was working at it, but I needed that space. So as we kind of wrap this up, we wanted to just talk, new books coming out. We're so excited. Want to give you a little inside scoop of how, why, what's in it. You know, it's full color, almost 400 pages. It's a pound and a half. It's a very thick, dense book. Um, anything you want the listener that reads the book or um, wants to read the book to kind of, you want to know from them? Feedback? Oh, yeah. I love feedback. We love feedback. It's the it's the breakfast of champions. So, And I talk about that in the book. Um, yeah. Feedback. We want to, again, our goal is to help people feel their best. And we're on a mission. And um, this is part of the the tool we use to help people um, feel their best. And when people feel their best, they are their best. And so that's the that's really the point of the book is help people have a, a guide to help them. Yeah, and you say right in the beginning, you know, this has been a journey for you personally. Okay, your health journey, your health journey for your clients. This does not have all the answers, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped for it because I, I do believe for majority of people listening or that want to listen or want to read this, these three areas, how you rest, eat, move, you have complete control over. And um, you and me both believe that uh, we got to get in the game together because our health is going in the wrong direction. But we truly do have all the answers right in front of us, and it's us. We, we can sleep better. We can lose weight. Um, we can have more energy, which me and you believe is overlooked. Um, but it begins by saying, okay, what do I need to know? What do I need to do? And, uh, I think, I think 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 you've done a nice job. Yeah. I think one last thing here I'll share. I say this over and over in the book, the human body has an amazing ability to heal and self-correct. And the reason I share that all the time is I want people to realize that they write them, they almost anything they can, you know, if they have digestive health issues or they're having trouble sleeping, the human body, you know, we talk about this. If I could take people to the mountains of Colorado for six months, you probably could cure almost anything. So, so or, that's, or that's, like you said, if you're having sleep issues, buy this book. <laughs> You'll be to sleep by the. Yeah, I'm just the, kidding. Read the section on the principles. Yeah, put your right to, to snooze city. So, yes. Yeah. 
Well, great job writing the book. I uh, hope everyone enjoys the book. It was uh, a team effort. A lot of folks behind the scenes as well as as you uh, putting the content together. But yeah, I think this is a life's workbook. Um, I think we all only get better, and I think it's your best book yet. So thanks for joining us for another uh, podcast. Have an amazing holiday season, and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. Chapter 6, Box of Beliefs. The average person experiences over 50,000 thoughts each day. Of those 50,000 thoughts, most are repeated over and over, whether they are good, bad, or indifferent. That is an endless loop of repetitive thoughts that need focus and direction. Our thoughts control how we think, act, and feel. If our goal is to break our pattern of thought, where should we begin? For many, it may begin with self-awareness surrounding our current beliefs. Beliefs may be holding us back from reaching our true potential. It begins with opening our mind to new possibilities. Our life was that our thoughts make it. Many of us keep our beliefs in a box and nail it shut. We're not open to learning more about opposing views or alternative options. This is what is termed limiting beliefs. We all have them. What beliefs are in your box? Does your belief box keep you from growing and expanding or keep you fearful of the changing world? Maybe it's time to use the box like a stepping stone, to find new ways of thought, to expand your knowledge, horizons, and joy. Recently, at one of our on-target living retreats, I asked the group how many of them felt like they did not have enough time or space to move their body on a daily basis. I was shocked when more than half of the group put their hands up. Many truly believed they did not have the space in their life to fit in daily movement. When they shared all the reasons why they did not have the time to move their body, it revealed that many wanted to keep their box of beliefs Nailed shut. The four-minute mile. Roger Bannister was a 25-year-old medical student who first cracked track and field's most notorious barrier, the four-minute mile. Bannister, who was running for the Amateur Athletic Association against his alma mater, Oxford University, won that mile race with a time of three minutes and 59.4 seconds. He became the first person in the world to break that four-minute mile magic barrier. For years, many athletes had tried and failed to run a mile less than four minutes. Many believed it to be physically impossible. At the time, the world record for the mile was four minutes and 1.3 seconds set by Gunder Hag of Sweden in 1945. Despite or perhaps... Because of the psychological mystique surrounding the four-minute mile barrier, several runners in the early 1950s dedicated themselves to becoming the first to cross into the three-minute mile zone. But it was not until May 6, 1954, that this feat was accomplished by Bannister. Here's the crazy part of the story. Over the next two years, the four-minute mile barrier was broken 37 times. People now believed it was possible. Beliefs and Knowledge 
Seth Godin, author and former dot-com business executive who writes about change, states in his blog that beliefs and knowledge are different. Knowledge changes all the time. When we engage with the world, we encounter new data and new experiences, and our knowledge changes. A belief is what we call things that stick around, particularly and especially in the face of changes in knowledge. While more knowledge can change a belief, it usually does not. A belief is a cultural phenomenon created in conjunction with people all around us. The easy way to discern between the two is this question. What would you need to learn to change your mind about that? It is not the lack of knowledge that holds most people back, but their limiting beliefs. Have you ever had a strong belief and at some point realized it was not true? Here are a few commonly held beliefs. Eating healthy does not taste good. Eating healthy is too expensive. Eating carbohydrates makes you fat. Eating a high-protein diet makes you lean. A high-fat diet makes you lean. Energy drinks give you better energy. Ibuprofen cures headaches. The best way to lose weight is to decrease calories. You need to exercise more than an hour a day to see results. Cardio is the best way to lose weight. Exercise is boring. You will take more medications as you age. High blood pressure and balanced cholesterol is genetics. Walking on the moon. On May 25, 1961, President John F. Kennedy announced the dramatic and ambitious goal of sending an American safely to the moon and back before the end of the decade. He alone with many others believed the United States was falling behind the Soviet Union in the arms race and wanted to change this belief for the entire nation to see. President Kennedy says, We choose to go to the moon in this decade, not because it will be easy, but because it will be hard. This incredible goal will be extremely hard to accomplish, but if we put our best people, energies, and skills in place, anything, including landing on the moon, is possible. And on July 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin became the first two men to step on the moon. Changing Beliefs When speaking at live events, I often poll the audience to see how many of them think cod liver oil tastes bad. Most everyone raises their hands. Then I ask them how many believe cod liver oil tastes bad but have never tried it before. Everyone laughs because they realize they've fallen into the trap of not knowing something but believing it to be true. Then I explain that taking one to two tablespoons of cod liver oil each day provides the health benefits to the brain, heart, and lungs. It improves hormonal balance and reduces inflammation. To ease their fear about the taste, I bring samples for them to try. When participants try the cod liver oil for the first time, their beliefs change. They are no longer afraid of the taste and become educated on the benefits. It's a win-win and an easy step to take in their journey to greater health. Nailing the box of beliefs shut. Speaking in Colorado a few years ago, I was approached by a few guys during our sampling session. This was a large crowd. People were laughing and asking questions. The place was energized. These guys asked me if I would tell their friend my thoughts about eating carrots, potatoes, and bananas. The friend was out in the hallway on his phone during my presentation, had not heard a single word of it. When I shared my thoughts... Their friend jumped in 
to state that carrots, potatoes, and bananas are poison. He believed that all carbohydrates were damaging to the body. Instantly around the table, people began to ask, are truly carrots, potatoes, and bananas poison? The group was now confused. After I settled down the group, I talked about the source and the benefits of each of these foods. I then asked the guy if he would like to discuss his beliefs after the sampling session was over. He said he did not and walked away. His mind was already made up. His box was nailed shut. Carrots, potatoes, and bananas were poison. Circle of success. Here's how the circle of success works. First, challenge your current belief. Second, bring in a more powerful emotion to help fuel the change. Third, recognize your potential. Fourth, take a specific action. And finally, let the results begin. What current beliefs do you have that may be holding you back? The greatest belief. The greatest belief is the belief that we can do this. No second guessing, no turning back. Follow the plan, stick with the process, and it will work. The one common denominator of success and transformation is the belief that we can succeed. Remember, we are not limited by what we do not know, but our limiting beliefs. Believe in yourself. One of my favorite mentors in the world of beliefs was my sixth grade teacher, Miss Ellis. Miss Ellis was kind, she was funny, smart, full of energy, and had an incredible ability to get her students to believe in themselves. I remember her telling me over and over that I was a great student and a fantastic speller. To this day, I believe I'm a good speller. I think Miss Ellis may have said this to all of her students, but you know what? It worked on me. The world needs more of what Miss Ellis was selling, the belief in yourself. Thank you, Miss Ellis, for your love, your kindness, and your support. Box of Belief Essentials. Big picture. Our thoughts control how we think, act, and feel. A belief is what we call things that stick around, particularly, especially in the face of changes in knowledge. Many people store their beliefs in a box and try to protect them. A belief is a cultural phenomenon created in conjunction with people around us. Why more knowledge can change a belief, it usually does not. It is not lack of knowledge that holds most people back, but their limiting beliefs. Your greatest belief is a belief that you can do this. Ask yourself, does your belief box keep you from growing and expanding and keep you fearful of the changing world? Why was the four minute mile record broken so many times after it was first achieved? What beliefs do you need to challenge? Small steps. Take some time to explore your current beliefs. Walk yourself through the circle of success. Consider what limiting beliefs you may hold. Now is the time to act and open up your box of beliefs. And finally, spread the love of Miss Ellis. Inspire others to believe in themselves.